Hello, I'm Michael Brodeur, and welcome to Leaders Alliance. We are a global community of kingdom-minded leaders who are passionate about helping you become the world-changing leader that God created you to be. Join the conversation. Well, welcome everybody. I am Michael Brodeur. I'm Diane Brodeur. And we are the directors of Leaders Alliance, and we're so happy to be with you for our next uh, installment of these amazing podcasts that we've been doing. And today we have uh, uh, just extraordinary guests on today, Duncan mm -hmm. and Kate Smith. Uh, say hello, Duncan and Kate. Hey, Duncan and Kate. Hi, everybody. Oh man, we're so glad about what we're going to be talking about today. But as we get started, I just want to be able to say to you, first of all, that Leaders Alliance is a global community of kingdom-minded leaders that have been birthed out of Catch the Fire Ministries to be able to affect the entire world as a bridge from Catch the Fire which is a movement of the Holy Spirit that began 28 years ago. And literally millions of people visited Toronto and carried this incredible anointing of grace and power and Father's love all around the world. We are an extension of that to the greater body of Christ. And so Leaders Alliance is uh, here to serve you. We're here to actually uh, equip you and empower you to be the leader that God's called you to be and to connect you with other leaders as, as uh, the Lord wills. And so... Anyway, we want to encourage you to check out our website at leadersalliance.org and also check out our social media. And this uh, particular day, once every month, we do an open house. So we had the privilege of having Duncan and Kate on our open house just a little while ago, but now they're on for our podcast. We're so grateful you're with us. So Diane, if you can just greet them and then pray, and then we'll get rolling. <laughs> Greetings in the name of God. <laughs> I officially greet you. It's good to see you. Duncan and Kate are our friends and our cohorts, and um, it's good to good to see you. I don't think we'll have time to get into your whole testimony today, but they have such a powerful testimony. Duncan grew up in Africa and moved to England and. I think there's some other steps in there. And as you'll see, Kate uh, grew up in England and they have the perfect voices for any kind of broadcast. We're good radio voices. Yeah. You, you have radio and television faces, I'd like to say. But just welcome, you guys. And uh, I'm glad you're here. Oh, it's so good to be yeah. with you. Really is. Um, really awesome we, to be with you. We just love the ministry of Leaders Alliance, yeah. and I'm enjoying your podcasts. I I often am walking and listening um, to different podcasts and and whatnot. But you know, just just the ministry of reaching the wider body of Christ. Yes. When the Holy Spirit fell 28 years ago, John and Carol Arna, who hosted the Holy Spirit in a, quite a small church, but the nation started coming. And inadvertently, this move of God has spread across different denominations and different nations. And we want to be continue to have an impact and be a blessing to the wider body of Christ. Yeah. Excellent. Well, I love what Leaders Alliance is, um, as it builds, just so many nations are coming, mm -hmm. so many different gift mixes, people with different um, skill sets, people from the business sector, and uh, there we really are building a community online. And um, 
it has to do with the maturity, I believe, of Catch the Fire, because Catch the Fire released us to Build Leaders Alliance, which is to give some of the best that Catch the Fire has with no, uh, with no, you know, hoops to jump through in a sense. You don't have to join the ministry. You don't, and a lot of ministries wouldn't do that because they might think well, there's a lot of other ministries involved. Maybe that these people are going to join the other ministry. There's all that kind of competition that does not exist in your hearts and minds. And I appreciate that. And, um, and so we're able to build strength into movements abroad and it's just becoming really sweet and, and powerful. Yeah, Well, let's, uh, as we get started, I want to just begin with this week we're in. We're in the week in between, you know, celebrating the ascension of Christ when he, mm -hmm. when he, when he went into heaven. And it says in the scripture, when he went into heaven, he gave gifts. He gave yep. some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip the saints. Okay, so that's the beginning of this week. The end of the week is Pentecost Sunday. And one of the things that I love so much about you two as a couple is the mm -hmm. fact that you have been walking in a Pentecost of your own <laughs> since the Lord met you many years ago with his power and his presence in the Holy Spirit. Can you talk about sort of your origins in supernatural leadership? How did God meet you? How did he encounter you? And, and how has God, you know, sort of brought you forward now to the place you are? Yes. Mm. Well, my, my parents were in the Methodist church and, and they just started getting hungry in the 70s in the UK. And they would start meeting mm. with like-minded, hungry people. And the Holy Spirit was being poured out in the charismatic renewal. Wow. And they took me to these camps where um, I would see the power and the presence of God. And my eyes would be on stalks because I was like, wow, <laughs> that is amazing. And, um, and so I think in their journey, we came along as children and I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues at eight years old. And actually, I didn't think there was anything um, different than that. I thought that was the expression of Christianity today, that you live a powerful life when you walk with the Holy Spirit. Mm. And so I've been in pursuit of that all my life. Um, I really followed the Lord as a student when I was away at college. And then after that, I was like, I'm going to do a DTS, a YWAM DTS, because I saw elements of the Holy Spirit there. And also, we'd been introduced to a man called Reinhard Bonnke through my family. And wow. just seeing healings and the power of God touching people, I just knew that that was the way I was going to live my life. Yeah. And then I met you and <laughs> introduced you to Reinhard Bonnke and his teachings and yeah, you know, yeah. I got Spirit. baptized in the Holy Spirit when I was 20. I got radical, oh, sorry, 21. I got radically saved in America, actually, and uh, such an amazing encounter with Jesus. Um, and I've written a book called um, Consumed with Holy Fire, and so that whole story is is at the beginning in, in that book. But um, I got to university, and I had grown up in a Baptist and even strict Baptist background. And uh, my parents became radicals when they became free evangelicals. And wow. so, you know, the Holy Spirit was, was not something that we experienced growing up. You know, the Holy Spirit was the dove. 
And, uh, and so when I got saved as a 20-year-old, I got to university a month later, and I met some believers that were my age, and they were shining. They were just radiant. I could see that they were on fire. And I said to them, guys, you are so on fire. I want what you've got. And they, what is it? And they said, have you ever been baptized in the Holy Spirit? And I said, the, what? The, baptized in the hoo-hoo? The God? <laughs> <laughs> yes. And they told me how to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I prayed for nine months asking the Lord in the secret place to baptize me with the Holy Spirit. And uh, I'm so thankful that the Lord took nine months to answer my prayers because during those nine months, sometimes praying three hours a day, I grew wow. the most important aspect, which is not just his presence and his power, but his very person, mm -hmm. the very person. Wow. And so when the Holy Spirit, when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, it was a really, really, really massive event. It happened on a Sunday as a Ugandan pastor, I can remember driving home on my motorcycle back to my university digs and I just, I couldn't stop. I was just speaking in tongues the whole way and couldn't stop speaking in tongues for days. And by, by the Wednesday that week, uh, I was at a meeting and uh, I discovered that you can have more, that the Holy Spirit doesn't want to just come once, but he wants to come and come and come and come. And uh, I got electrocuted in a meeting to the extent that I thought I was going to die and um, fell on the floor, realized that I'd been praying for nine months, Lord, make me like Enoch, who was not. Uh, I want to walk with you so closely and then realized, oh, maybe this is my Enoch moment where I'm going to be slipped into that glory realm. And I realized I want to get married. I want to have kids. I want to have grandkids. And wow. <laughs> oh, if I'd had one more vault, yeah. I would have died. Yeah. And so my friends, as I fell over on the floor screaming, stop, stop, please, God, stop. My, I could hear my friends who were very zealous. They were like, come out of him in the name of Jesus. Come out. <laughs> For real, that really happened? It was the Holy Spirit, but that's fine. So, yeah, we've been hungry ever since. But that was the beginning, yeah. yeah. And we were just looking for an expression of church that we would actually see the fire of God again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And would read about past revivals and Smith Wigglesworth, who was a Yorkshire man. I'm from the county of Yorkshire in England, so I could relate to some of his quirky ways. <sighs> but to see that power again yeah. manifested in our churches was what we were hungry for. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. How did you guys ultimately connect with John and Carol Arnott? Because <laughs> I mean, now you're the leaders of the very movement that they founded, and yeah. you're you're really guiding it forward now. And I know that's been what a 25 year journey, probably. But tell us kind of how you met them, how you ended up in Toronto, and now how it's come forth. Yeah, that was an interesting one because in 1994, that's when we started having babies. We had our first daughter in February '94, so we weren't in a position to get to Toronto. But many of our friends and um, different church people that we knew had been to Toronto and had come home. And this impartation of the power of God had kind of gone all swept over the England, UK. Swept England. So we were like, wow, if only we could get there. Yep. And so we started experiencing joy in the presence of God. And actually, 
it, it wasn't until 1999 that we got our first opportunity to visit Toronto. And then in 2000, again, we actually went to a small conference on church planting and kaboom, the power of God hit us. And we were just not overwhelmed with the power of God. We just felt the love of God. We didn't know who the leaders were. It, it, it just seemed that anyone who laid a hands on us Kaboom, the power of God and, and just the love and the acceptance of God and, wow. and an environment where there was no striving. It was like the, the, this rest of heaven yeah, was on and, us and we were just so desirous of that. Yeah, and we, we realized we had both been baptized into Jesus and then we had been baptized in the Holy Spirit as we were just describing. But we found ourselves experiencing that there is the baptism in the Father. And I think that's the, that was the experience for us that, you know, um, the experience of being baptized in the liquid golden honey love of the Father just really changed Kate and I that conference. And, and it was also so powerful. It was yeah. like there was a dynamic of the power of the Holy Spirit, but this, this liquid love, love yeah. together in one package that we had never experienced and before. and in the midst of that mm. we all ambition was were just ending we had spent our 20s looking for how we could you know serve the lord be in leadership and, and nothing had really worked out and we've been in the marketplace and so on um but we had got but and we went to toronto asking him really just to bless our business plans that we had, and also to bless our plans that we had to plant a church. And um, and so while we were there, we had this dramatic encounter with the Father's love, both of us, and all of our ambition and search for significance was completely like liquidated in the Father's love. And suddenly just didn't care about trying to be someone in the who's yeah. who of the kingdom we just knew that we were our heavenly daddy's favorite sons and daughters and i think that it was significant that in that in that moment was when we found out that the holy spirit had spoken to john arnott when he saw us walk into the room and the holy spirit spoke to him and said that's the tall englishman that i told you two years ago would be your first executive director Go and ask him to meet with you. And so when he came and asked us if we would meet with him we, at, um, at lunch, this was in the coffee break, we said yes. Well, by lunchtime, the, the conference ended with an impartation time. And we got so royally blasted in the power of God that we were just we, gone on the could, floor. We couldn't get up. And, and we couldn't get up. And so when John came over to us and said, guys, uh, you know, we were going to have lunch. Would you like to come and have lunch with me? Or do you need to stay where you are? We both did, said the unthinkable <laughs> four days earlier of the Duncan and Kate version then. We said, oh, if you don't mind, we, we'd rather just stay here. And we just lay there in this liquid golden hut. Awesome. Turn John Anna down. <laughs> 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 24 hours later, or 48 hours later, um, we'd, we'd gone to see some of Kate's relatives that, that live a couple of hours away. When we came back, uh, our host said, oh, John Arnott's been looking for you left, right, and center, and you're leaving tomorrow night. He's 
he really wants to meet with you. So we ended up meeting him the next day and he heard our story. And at the end of it, he said he offered us a job, which wasn't being the executive director at that time. He, he's smart enough to have tested us. But yeah. uh, we came over and within three months of arriving, yeah, he made me the executive director. So yeah, yeah. that's how we ended up. That was 22 years ago. That's awesome. I love that story. You know, Michael, um, the production crew said, Michael, what should we title this today? And he said, leading in the power of the Holy Spirit. Ooh. And your story, your life story reminds me of the passage where in John it says, I am the true vine, my father is the husbandman, that you need to abide in the vine and the vine abides in you. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah, that, that, yeah, that, that, that's, you, yeah. yeah that, right, and that the, that the vine abides, that the vine, the abides. vine abides in you, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. But, but, but that where we bear fruit, is just yep. by abiding in the presence of the Lord. Yep. And, um, you know, you said you lost all ambition. Some people might be alarmed by that and think, oh, no. And mm -hmm. what's wrong with ambition? Ambition's good. But when you're seeking to fill that void right. with, with outward success or position, it it doesn't bear the kind of fruit that God wants us to bear. And Very so... Cool. Because you were born into that atmosphere, I feel looking at your life over the last 25 years, you really have borne fruit out of an abiding sense with wow. Jesus. And it it's very different. The fruit is different. How you treat people is different. How you think is different because of it. And you were... Um, you were kind of shepherded by a beautiful pastor and two pastors, John and Carol are not, into a healthy arena of ministering in the power of the Holy Spirit. So what a story, you guys. And I know that's, I mean, that's just one little sliver of all the stories you have. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And another thing, you guys, for people that are watching, you know, um, they might be in the position that you were in, Duncan, where you knew the Lord. You felt that you knew the Lord. You knew the Bible. You'd been in church. But they're saying, what is this? You're on the floor and you, what are, you're saying you were blasted and that you couldn't yeah. get up or like, yeah. what, what is it about the living God when he meets us yeah. face to face and personally where these kinds of manifestations exist. What is that about and why is that? Yeah, I think that's such a great question, Diane, because I know that a lot of people, ourselves included, um, many, many years ago, and even to this day, actually, in, in some respects, because God is so mysterious. But yes. I think the answer really, um, John, John Arnott is just masterful at this. Uh, having stewarded, you know, this amazing revival and seeing the Lord just do some of the most spectacular manifestations of the Spirit. And uh, one of the things that he, he taught us several things. One, that, you know, the surprise is not that God touches us. The surprise is that when he touches us, we actually get to live through it. That's the real shock. Yeah. That's awesome. That's so <laughs> and so, you know, uh, we 
we shouldn't be surprised that we talk in terms of so-and-so got blasted because, you know, and he says something else that's very helpful. He says, you know, if we were to take your little fingers and plug them into the electrical socket, Mm. a a couple of pieces of wire into that socket, you probably would have a manifestation. Your body would probably manifest, you know, because of the electricity. And if that's true of electricity, how much more true of it is it that if the Lord who created electricity touches you with his power, that you're probably manifestation. And then the third helpful thing that he, he teaches is that the manifestations are not the Holy Spirit. The manifestations are our bodily response to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And when he when I realized that, when he taught us that, we realized, well, no wonder there's so many different manifestations because God's made us all so differently. Right. And so some might cry and, you know, getting in a moment where God comes and, and, and sovereignly touches a meeting, a group of people, whether it's in a small group or in a church setting, some might cry, some might laugh, some might fall over, some might start shaking, some might start shrieking, some might start whatever, and you know, something else that they do. And, and we shouldn't be surprised by that because we're all responding differently. And I think the fourth thing is that he taught us is that when God moves, there's three things going on at least in a person's life. There's God going in, on and in. There's the demonic coming out if it needs to. And then there's the person themselves in their personality expressing what's going on. And when you understand, and, and, and then number five is don't judge in the moment, but wait to see the fruit before you judge. So create, in other words, create an atmosphere of permission for the Holy Spirit to come, people to be touched, people to express, but then don't be afraid to actually analyze the fruit and watch the fruit. Wow. What a good explanation. That's really good. You You know, um, I mean, when Diane and I first went to Toronto in 1994, we had had some pretty significant experiences before that time in the Holy Spirit, but we were also touched very powerfully there. And, and John's explanations helped us tremendously to understand what God was doing in what was kind of the next level of his outpouring. Um, But I remember actually asking John, you know, when we got back to San Francisco, we started 18 months almost of nightly meetings, six nights a week. It was, you know, tens of thousands of people. We had a 1200 seat auditorium at the time and uh, it was intense. But I remember asking John when he came to visit one time, I said, John, how do you lead this thing? How do you pastor it? How do you how do you maintain? And he just said, I don't have a clue. (laughs) He said, I'm just right in the middle of this whole situation. And this particular podcast, we want to focus in on leading in the supernatural. How do we actually lead people individually? How do we lead an organization? How do you lead a movement? I mean, you, you guys are now leading a movement of over 150 churches, 160 churches. How do we do that? And how do we actually do it in a way that is, um, you know, well, what we well, the terminology we would use is both supernatural and super practical, but we want to make sure the word and the spirit are working together. Um, yeah. Talk about your journey, because you, I guess, became the executive leader as a couple. You guys both had an influential role in Toronto during some of those most formative years, and then you 
you ultimately planted a church. Talk about your development as a leader in the supernatural throughout those years. Well, yeah, I mean, it was amazing. You talked about your nightly meetings. We had them going on in Toronto, too, for for 12 years. 12 so, years! Yes, and like almost every month there was a conference. And so men and women from around the world anointed people. We got to know um, people like Heidi Baker, um, who moves in the supernatural, as we know. And we got to learn and observe people yeah. and their stories and because we were in that environment of learning ourselves when it was our time to be released to the nations we established catch the fire ministries and pioneered our international leaders school um, around the world and what we began to see was as we went particularly and we began to preach the gospel and some of these transforming messages about how much the Father loves you and you're called to be a son and he wants you to be healed and to know his love and, and walking in forgiveness and, and being free from those things. But then as a clean vessel, how he wants to empower you to live in a supernatural kingdom. And we saw the power of God transform people from all sorts of nations, developing nations where they didn't speak English, where it wasn't a Western um, paradigm, but we were teaching about the fruit of revival and how when God does a work in your life, you encounter his transforming presence, then you're gonna be different. Yeah. And so we were like sold. It was like the testimony of what God was doing, mm. just reinforced again, that in order to walk in the kingdom, we have to be filled constantly with the Holy Spirit. We have to make room for him. And I think it's so easy sometimes as leaders to actually forget that we are called to be supernatural beings. We're, we're men and women of the spirit. We're yeah. born of the spirit. And if we just let that aspect slide, from our weekly and daily experience. And if we don't teach our people how to encounter God for ourselves, how to feel his presence, to recognize him, hear his voice. to hear his voice, to know that we don't have to strive, that we're, we're sons and daughters that have been adopted. Yeah. That, yeah. you know, these are the foundational teachings of identity and, and purpose that we have to keep teaching so yeah so now i would say that if you're that. intentional with that as yeah. a leader we discovered that if you if you are intentional mm -hmm. with teaching people first of all uh the power of the cross and their union with christ through sharing in his death burial resurrection ascension and glorification one two teaching people that and helping them to encounter the father in his love so that they're baptized in daddy's love and then they discover that they're sons and daughters and then and then we teach them that as sons and daughters of god that they can hear his voice mm -hmm. and then as a result of hearing his voice they can begin to start to to know that you know he loves them just as they are but he loves them way too much to leave them as they are and he actually wants to heal them and it's their wrong reactions to what others have done to them not what others have done to them that's really hindering them from being fruitful and and so as you begin to help them through healing life's hurts and dealing with the vows that the inner vows that they've made and bitter root judgments that they've made and 
and you know soul spirit wounds that they have in their hearts and so on and so forth and then helping them to get delivered from te tearing down the strongholds that are in their minds and in their heart and 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 then having them delivered from the demonic presence that's in those strongholds that the demonic has built with their will agreement that they then like kate was saying become free to be able wow. to flow in the holy spirit and when you teach a group of people that uh you know in an event they get transformed but imagine if you go further and rather than just an event you begin to establish a community of people called the church it doesn't matter how big or small if you focus on those things you will become a dwelling place of god's presence wow. and of course that's what happened with john and carol and we're seeing that now repeated hundreds and hundreds of times as churches all around the world are encountering god's transforming presence and becoming dwelling places of god mm -hmm. yeah being intentional about equipping people is so important when we were first with john wimber you know we were in our early 20s we had been christians we loved the bible we prayed for people we never saw anybody healed and really didn't expect that we went to a john wimber conference and began to see all of the things that you've been describing for mm. the first time in our life yeah. people falling down people getting healed it was actually very alarming to me i oh. I, I said, Michael, this is so alarming to me that we're going to have to see it outside of this environment. Maybe it's a kind of mass hysteria. <laughs> I just said, well, maybe people are seeing this. But then I realized, wait a minute, the New Testament actually talks about these things happening. It's actually very abnormal that we haven't seen this before. Oh, that's right. such a good point. Yeah, and, um, and John Wimber said this, if you want to grow in understanding of the anointing and receive empowering from the Holy Spirit, walk with those that are walking in power and he trained us he's he he coined the phrase doing this stuff you get to do this stuff too it's not just in the bible and he said follow people that are praying for people and having success one of the i feel like most powerful words of encouragement to us during that time was have people lay hands on you mm. um, and impart gifts because it's actually a very big point in the New Testament that gifts are given through the laying on of hands and prophecy. Yeah. And that is something that we were taught to go after. So whenever we were with a leader or even just most people, we would just say, can you lay hands on us? So and, and can you prophesy over us? And we didn't have, you know, cell phones. I know people get, get their prophecies on cell phones now, but, um, but it says that we're to sincerely desire all of these things. We're to go after the gifts. Yeah. And so, um, so if you haven't experienced those things, that's what's abnormal. And to put your toe in the water and to begin to go after it. Wow. I just want to say that for those that are watching today because uh, it's so important. So important. Yeah, really. So well said. Yeah. There's more. And that's something we used to pray all the time. And I still do when I pray more, Lord. Yeah. Just more. Because like you said, God is mysterious. We don't always know what the more is for an individual, but God does. Yeah. 
Yeah. And we can release that for people. Okay. Oh, Diane, you're just on fire. Yeah, come on. <laughs> I love the way you say fire in all the world, Duncan. So take us now to the to the church planting side of things. You guys yeah. heard from God. We're going to go for this. And you'd been, gosh, I think, what, 10 years, eight years at Toronto? You'd been... Oh, eight oh. years at Toronto and 14 years here in Rome. Yeah. Wow. wow. And, and so you were fully immersed in the presence and power of God as you were at that time, even though there's more. And then you felt from the Lord to begin to plant. How did you how did you approach that? How what kind of leadership dynamics did the Holy Spirit bring you through as you were thinking about that sort of pioneering step? Because you left Canada and went to America. We did. That's a big move. Yeah, we'd actually felt a call to church planting when we were back in the UK. So we didn't know how long our season was going to be with John and Carol learning from them. We're receiving so many different impartations and, and kind of just learning through modeling. Can um, I just quickly say something, honey? If we had planted then, yeah, it would have been a terrible church. We would have been a man. <laughs> you kind of multiply unto your own kind, right? Yeah. And um, I think that was very important that we we knew what we wanted to multiply. Mm -hmm. and, and so we came with a word from the Lord to come to Raleigh, North Carolina. At the time that we did, the Lord kind of changed some of our responsibilities. And so we came down to the south. We didn't realize, we thought, you know, America, Canada, there's a few differences. But we didn't realize how much of a cross-cultural translation that would be. And wow. So in many ways, we had to rely on some of the principles that we'd learned about living and stewarding the Holy Spirit, his presence and his power. Mm. But we'd also learned another element, which was about discipleship through small groups and raising up leaders, yeah. creating opportunity. So we knew that the, the two dynamics of the Holy Spirit and multiplication were what we needed to bring. Wow, that's and excellent. So we yeah. were quite systematic about those elements, if you if you understand what we're saying. And so it was a little bit of trial by fire in many ways. But what we noticed was that people were hungry for a manifestation of the fire and the presence of God in a way that they'd not experienced. Yeah. And so we felt like we, there were, even though there was opposition and some persecution, we felt like the Holy Spirit was with us and we were kind of blazing a trail with him to establish something that we'd seen work really well. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And if I remember correctly, you came to Raleigh by yourselves. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. To a place you'd really never been. Correct. Yeah, because the Lord spoke to me actually in 2004 and when I came to visit a church here that invited me to speak, wow. and when I got off the airplane, the Holy Spirit said, I want you to plant your first church here one day. Wow. And when I got home, I told Kate, and she she said, no way. We've just, <laughs> we're not going to America. And I thought, well, that's fair enough. And I chatted with John, hoping that John would say, yeah, I agree. But he said, no way, you know, and at least not yet. And so it took four years. Wow. wow. And we're glad that 
I'm so glad one that we didn't plant a church in England because before we got to Toronto, it, like I said, it would have been a terrible church. But I'm also so glad that we didn't plant a church, we didn't come to Raleigh in 2004, but that we waited another four years because during those four years, that's when we really learned the whole vision of multiplication and the importance of discipleship and so on, didn't we, Dalton? Yeah. And, um, and so, you know, I just want to say to those people that are listening, when the Holy Spirit tells you to do something, it doesn't necessarily mean today or even tomorrow. Yeah. And yeah. it's so important that you steward your heart, first of all, to say yes to him, but then secondly, you go into a place of partnering, not just with heaven and the Lord, but also with those around you who love you, who know you, and that you don't just go striding off into the unknown on your own, uh, in some kind of, you know, brave, but not necessarily wise way, mm -hmm. but that you actually allow the Holy Spirit to lead you with help from the community that you're part of, especially your pastors. Yeah. And you'll yeah. find that it will go much better for you. And I think that preparation is so important. And yeah. we realized we came and we learned a lot of things just by being in John and Carol's pastoral team. Yeah. But we realized that had we not had that experience, we would have floundered even more. Yeah. And uh, so training in church planting is so important because you don't actually know what you don't know until you're in that yeah, situation. Sure, that's right. And you know, for anyone that has got a desire to church plant, um, get the training that you need yeah. and join a movement that's that why that training, right? we as catch the fire yeah. have put some training in place mm -hmm. for people to to be a success to be kind of prepared in a way that will really help with that success yeah. factor yes that's so good and so after you guys i mean the church did really well over the first whatever until the COVID time you guys have hit some some challenges but like most churches but but you guys grew quickly and you also started planting churches or even sponsoring church plants uh, under the name of Catch the Fire. Um, talk about that, like the initial seeds of the movement as it began in your hearts at that time. What, what were you after? What were some of the core values that you were hoping for uh, in that initial season? Give us a picture of that. Yeah, well, the Lord had spoken to, um, spoken to us actually in John Arnott's office in 2005, which was a year after he'd said, I want you to go to Raleigh. Uh, a, 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 another colleague at that time was writing a book on uh, revivals in history. And he said to John and myself, um, I've discovered that there are phases in, in revivals. And the first phase of revival is the gathering phase where everybody comes to the epicenter. And of course, that was what we were experiencing. And then he said, just like the first church, the early church, the Lord allows some kind of persecution or something because he always wants it to go to the ends of the earth. And so, you know, we were also facing something of persecution, nothing like the early church. But, you know, we had 9-11, so there were no airplanes. Well, when you're relying on everybody flying to you, that you know can really uh, hinder things. And then secondly, we had the first round of COVID, which was SARS, if anybody remembers that, in Toronto yeah. in 2003. And that really affected us because no one could come to Toronto. They banned flights to Toronto. And the Holy Spirit 
he said that that second phase is called the scattering phase. Well, while he's talking, literally the Lord starts to speak to me in that moment. And he says, I want you to go to Raleigh, like I said. I want you to plant an Antioch church, just like the early Jerusalem uh, leaders. Some of them left Jerusalem in the persecution, went all the way to Antioch, and they established a church in Antioch. And he said, I want you to go to Raleigh, and I want you to plant a church that's going to become a church-planting church, just like the church in Antioch. Wow. And, you, and, and so the key moment there is Acts chapter 13, 1 to 3. It says there were apostles, sorry, there were teachers and prophets and names five of them, including Barnabas and Saul. And it says that while they were worshiping the Lord with fasting, the Holy Spirit spoke to them and said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work that I've called them to. And it says, and so after prayer and fasting, they laid hands on them and sent them out. That is literally Acts 13, 1 to 3, word for word. Well, as I'm sitting there, the Holy Spirit downloaded these, these uh, priorities. When you, when you start the church in Raleigh, and then when you start to plant churches all around the world, and I want you to plant an unlimited, just keep going, uh, make sure that those four priorities are in the DNA of those churches, not just your values, but those priorities. And so the priorities are number one, ministering to the Lord in worship. Number two, as we do that, we hear his voice. And when once we hear his voice, we can act on it, but don't just jump to it, pray into it, intercession, prayer, so that you hear the ways. And then number four, evangelism unto church planting is what Barnabas and Saul did. And they became great apostles and the entire known world at that time, as you know, Michael and Diane, was one to the Lord from Antioch. And that's what we have set our hearts on. And now, like you say, we're sort of 160, Kate says it's over 200 now because well, we don't know all the Asian churches, yeah, but we just don't. Yeah. So God's doing it. That's so mm-hmm. awesome. Wow. So, well, one of the things I want to explore with you then is as you've grown in your ability to wed the supernatural leadership dynamics, and you just did such a good job a few minutes ago mm-hmm. talking about how supernaturally we can clean up leaders so we don't have all the failures and moral issues and the financial failures of many pastors are going through right now, that we can actually work partnering with the supernatural to see leaders' character grow and their anointing grow. How do we wed that then to, let's say, developing let's call them world-class leaders, level 10 leaders. How do we begin to take that supernatural work we've done in the lives of those we're discipling and wed it to the kind of practical skills that they need to be the leaders God's called them to be, both in the church and in the marketplace beyond? Well, I think it's really important to realize that we need to build well. Mm-hmm. And we can't just rely on a, you know, let's go with the flow of the Holy Spirit alone. Mm. Um, we need those two dynamics. We need, we need a spirit of excellence, but not at the expense of, of the spirit of the spirit. Exactly. Mm. Of excluding the Holy spirit. Yeah. So I think looking for tools, looking for manageable bite-sized equipping courses 
that are available to our congregation, bearing in mind that everybody is busy, they've got families and jobs and lives, but how can we inspire them to want to become an influencer in the kingdom? Because leadership is all about influence. You know, yeah. who's following us? Are we making a difference? Does, do, do we actually believe that we can make a difference? And so I think just even um, giving people tools where they can grow in confidence in their own level of influence, but really just developing character. I think character is so important. Yeah. That, um, you know, we can carry the anointing of the Holy Spirit and be messed up. Our marriages can be failing. Our relationships can be poor. We could, you know, not have integrity when it comes to our finances. So there really is a holistic approach, really, yeah. to character building as well as carrying the, the anointing, but actually learning how to be a person of influence. So and that you're influence it. and integrity. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, there's intentionality in discipleship. You know, correction, direction, affirmation, opportunity, analysis, mm -hmm. you know, um, yeah. and then feedback. And it starts again. And, and, and if, we, if we bring that in a culture of love, yeah. then we will multiply really good fruit. Mm. Um, especially if the emphasis is really on helping a person to learn to follow Jesus in you and not just you. That's wow. good. And and if there's people listening today that are unaffiliated and they feel like, you know, maybe there's something burning in your heart, like Catch the Fire would welcome you to be a part. You know, if you're already a church planter and you you're not feeling a sense of rootedness and connectedness in a movement, um, we we would welcome you. And yeah, yeah. Um, and all of the things that Kate and Duncan are talking about are available within the ministry itself. Um, yeah. the, the equipping, the training, the relationship. Um, and for those of you that are burning for it, but are affiliated. That's why we have Leaders Alliance right now. Mm -hmm. um, we we have equipping and training and relationship building. Um, there's many Catch the Fire people in it, but it's it's way not exclusively Catch the Fire. All different kinds of uh, representations of the body of Christ are there, but um, we just... We're not big on um, strong arming people at all. It's not a value of ours. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying you need to be connected and you would be welcome here. Yeah. And if you feel like, well, I like you, but it's not exactly the right fit, find someplace. Yeah. And That's walk it. over time, over a long period of time. And that's where iron sharpens iron and uh, the scripture says where our, our characters are refined. Yeah. Michael has a good teaching where he says, um, I'll know that I'm really your pastor when I say no and you listen to me. You know, a pastor, a pastor does a lot of things, but a pastor is also a, a, a mother father figure that helps correct us and direct us. And we need that. And that's what you've been talking about, Kate and Duncan, so beautifully of building character, building connectivity, building um, just faithfulness within the family of God and the body of Christ and in the church. 
I just appreciate that so much. Yeah, yeah. Our vision as Catch the Fire is to see the earth, the whole nations, filled churches that are walking in God's love and are giving it away so that the the whole world is filled with God's glory. And, you know, that's our vision. And our mission to accomplish that is, is really to multiply churches and 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 mission ministries and missions you know that are healthy and supernatural mm-hmm. so that the world can encounter god's transforming presence and uh-huh. if you feel like you know you know what i think i think that's what i want i want to join in with that that vision mm-hmm. and, mission. and you know i love our values uh, michael and diane that ju- they're just so simple uh, yeah. you know but our values are to love god love ourselves, love others, and have fun and give our lives away. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I love yeah. that's yeah. so cool. Well, you know, uh, so in terms of links and so forth, we're going to be kind of publishing those along with this, but certainly uh, catchthefire.com. And uh, there's also the hub that you can be a part of. There's Catch the Fire TV that you can Google and find that. There's incredible resources. But also I want to bring highlight to the church that you guys planted in Raleigh, that you guys have streaming messages. And there's one particular message I just wanted to highlight because I just heard it uh, 10 days ago. And it was uh, a powerful message on giving. And, you know, we don't talk much in our churches these days about giving, but as we're coming out of COVID, as we're trying to reestablish things, one of the most important principles that we need to impart to our people is the principle of generosity, the principle of understanding that God is the owner of all that we have, that the tithe is not a gift. It's a, it's returning to God, something that belongs to him. And then you talked about sowing, you talked about giving, you talked about alms to the poor, you talked about lending to the Lord, I mean, just an incredible message called the systems of the kingdom. Can you just uh, talk about that for a second? Because I want to get people to listen to your 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 streaming uh, from Raleigh as well. Yeah, thank you, Michael. Um, you know, it was really a message that changed my life, transformed my life um, a number of years ago when a wealthy man, a very successful man, I mean, three airplanes. You know, you're successful when you have three. <laughs> wow. Um, and he said to me, Duncan, have you ever understood the parable of the unrighteous steward in Luke 16? And I said, gosh, Charlie, I've, I've never understood that. I read, I read the Bible through from cover to cover every year. And I don't say that boastfully. I'm just, you know, I've just never, ever understood that parable when I get there. It's like Jesus is suddenly speaking in a different foreign language somehow. Give us a little taste because somebody might not know what that parable is. Give us a little summary oh, of it. Yeah, he talks about, you know, that so a man, a master uh, heard heard that his one of his stewards was dealing unrighteously. And so he called him in to give an account. And uh, and sure enough, he was found to have been unrighteous. And so he was sacked. And the man who was sacked went away, Jesus says, and went to one of his master's uh, debtors someone who owed the master money and said, how much do you owe? I owe a hundred barrels of oil. He said, okay, well, here's the, here's the, uh, the bill, strike it in half, make it 50. You only owe 50. And then he goes to the next one. How much do you owe? Oh, I owe, you know, 80 somethings of wheat. Well, okay, strike it down. You only owe 60 and so on. And then it says, 
the master commended the steward <laughs> for being so, these are my words now, for being so crafty. And I'm sitting there going, this just doesn't make sense. You know, <laughs> I, I do understand cut your losses and all the rest of it. But why would Jesus say that the master is commending the unrighteous steward for what is unrighteous? And, you know, basically causing the master to lose his money. And so as my friend Charlie is saying, yeah, laughing away, saying, yeah, that's exactly what I always thought. Until the Holy Spirit opened my eyes one day. He said, Duncan, the Holy Spirit said to me, Jesus is not saying that the master was commending the unrighteous steward for his unrighteousness. He was commending the unrighteous steward for understanding that there is a system in the world and utilizing that system for his benefit. Wow. Unrighteous as it is. And he said, if that is true, that you can use a system unrighteously to prosper, how much more will my sons and daughters who are righteous mm. prosper if they were to understand and apply? This, that the, if they were to discover that there's a system in the kingdom and that they could apply that system for their benefit and the benefit of the kingdom, how much more would they prosper in righteousness? Wow. Wow. And wow, my, I was just wow. And the, I said, Lord, I want you to teach me the system. And that's where he, be, he began to take us on a journey and taught us returning. There's four powerful aspects to the system of the kingdom and i'm sure there's more to learn as well but returning sowing giving and lending and uh yeah i went i went i went oh and number five working as i was preparing for the message the lord added a fifth one he said working and so uh, if you go to our website of catch fire raleigh um on our youtube you'll find that message from 10 days ago and yeah, it, uh, I don't know that we've had we've had a number of messages where people have just gone really excited, but that one yeah. was one of them, and we've had a lot well, of really excited. Feedback. It's interesting people because, being blessed. Yeah, well, just even on Sunday, one of our members came up and said, "I started. We started tithing straight away, and this week I got a pay rise without even knowing it was coming to me." Wow for that teaching you know yeah it's just so important right now because finances have been low post pandemic we're we're living in this time of hyperinflation and we as believers should be protected in the kingdom because yes. i tell you 90 cents in the lord's hands goes so much further in the kingdom than 100 that we keep in our own hands that's very Hey, could you guys, Kate and Duncan have an amazing podcast series and they interview all kinds of people and they do a beautiful job at it. Could you share your, your podcast address so people can join into that? Yeah, it's called Into the Fire and you can find it on all the usual places, Apple, Spotify. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's a little bit of behind the scenes of Duncan and Kate as well. Yeah. And just having conversations with beautiful people, very real, amazing very honest. stories, and yeah. touching some real issues, but also just grappling with how we live our lives in the kingdom. Um, so yeah, so double entendre into the fire, 
not just the fire of the Holy Spirit, but also the fiery trials of love that come. Yeah, so, yeah that's good. No, it's so rich. Because we're sons and daughters doesn't mean, of the king, doesn't mean that we don't no. avoid suffering. Or have to face things. Yeah. That's true. Hey, well, we need to wrap up. Uh, obviously, we're going to have you on periodically throughout the next couple of years, I'm sure, and and uh, draw from more of your wisdom in different areas. But how, you know, I'd like to close this up t- today with just some final words that you can speak to leaders. We're Leaders Alliance. Part of our challenge is to try to help every single believer become the leader that God's called them to be. We believe that everyone is called to lead, whether it's just leading yourself, leading in your home with your kids, leading in the marketplace, leading in the church. We're all called to be representatives, ambassadors of the King of Kings and the Lord of Mm -hmm. Lords. Um, What would be some of the final words you would speak to encourage people to step in and step up into the fullness of who God's called them to be? Wow. Yeah, well, (laughs) Not only are we called to be sons and daughters, we're called to be friends. Yes. And we're called to be heirs and, and co-workers and co-laborers co-rulers, yeah. and co-rulers. And yeah. actually, you know, God thinks of us actually more highly than we do. But so often the way we judge ourselves is according to what the world says. And we even think that the way that we should do things is the way that the world tries to make us successful. But so often, you know, it's about keeping it really simple and pure with our relationship with him. And I think in that place, we realize we've actually got so much more to offer. Mm-hmm. He, he's the one that we want to be glorified in. And um, so, you know, keep going and realize that, you know, more and more, it's it's about sharing that glory with others so that we can together make a difference. Yeah, brilliant, Kate. Yep, and I would just add to that, just to say that in your relationship with Jesus, find out the one thing that he wants you to do. Mm. And whatever that is today, go after it with all your heart Mm. and never give up. Don't deviate. Don't do what everyone else thinks you should do. Go with what Jesus is calling you to do. Because when on that glorious day, when we stand before him, when he's seated upon his throne and every single one of us will stand before him, I believe that we will be commended for hearing his voice and our obedience to what he asks Mm -hmm. us to do. And our wife won't be there. Our husband won't be there. Our children won't be there. Our pastors, nobody's going to be there. It'll just be a face-to-face encounter. And I, for one, long to hear him say for us, for each of you, to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into my kingdom, prepared from before time began. Wow. Come on. That is it. That's the very nugget. That's the core of everything, that Mm -hmm. he is, as Diane quoted earlier, he is the vine, we are the branches. And that ultimate place of being able to offer him the yeah. fruit of our lives in mm-hmm. such a glorious moment. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, could you pray a closing prayer and just speak a blessing over mm-hmm. everyone that's listening to this now yeah. and listening in the future, yeah. uh, that, that God would just give them that sense of being able to wed together the supernatural, the super practical, to see God's kingdom come as will be done on earth. Go for it. Mm-hmm. 
Father, I thank you for every person mm. watching mm. and listening. Thank you that you know where they're at in their yes. journey. You know how they feel about where they're at, Lord. You know, as leaders, we we can often be hard on ourselves and and we just feel like it, we're trying to attain something that's almost intangible. But Holy Spirit, I ask that you would walk each person through this journey of seeking first your kingdom, oh. but also being fully equipped and connected in the right way to the right people to help us where we're at, Father, so that not only do we make room for your presence, but we learn and we grow as leaders and that you give us really amazing tools and people to speak into that situation. And I ask that you encourage every weary person in their walk, in their leadership, Lord, that you would encourage them, that you are there with them, walking them side by side and hand in hand, Lord. And thank you for your love. Yes, that just covers you, a multitude yeah. of our mistakes and our frailties mm. as well. Um, but thank you that you have the answer to everything that we need to yeah. do. Yes, God. Yeah, Father, in your love, I ask that you would help every one of us, every person listening, to love you, God. Yeah. To love themselves. To love others with your love. Yeah. Father, fill them with joy that they would have fun in everything. Mm. And Father, I ask that every person would have the courage to give their lives away. And so we just speak that wonderful blessing, the ironic blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you and lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his perfect shalom. In Jesus' name, God bless you. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you guys so thank much. You. It's been such a joy to spend this we time with you. you. Amazing. And, uh, we look forward to doing it again in the future. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. God bless all of you listening. Um, see you next week. And uh, be sure to sign up and subscribe to our, our uh, YouTube channel because there's plenty of good stuff on there as well, along with this particular teaching. So God bless you all. Take Bye -bye. care. Bye-bye.